1: Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, and it has been a strange start for the Washington Nationals, who are going to be here in town tonight to take on the Cardinals. They had COVID issues at the beginning of the season. They have started playing, and after winning their opener, they have dropped five in a row, including one of the great pitching matchups yesterday that you'll see in this era, Max Scherzer against... Uh, Clayton Kershaw yesterday as the Dodgers completed a sweep of the Nationals. The voice of the Washington Nationals, and he has been since day one, is a guy that I worked with at KMOX back in the, the mid to late 80s, Charlie Slows, who's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Charlie, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks for taking some time with us. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well. Uh, You've dated us all now, Randy. Everybody knows we're old people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we're young at heart and we're still around sports, so that's a good thing.
2: That's right. And when when we all get back to being at ballparks and traveling with teams and uh, we have capacity crowds in stadiums, we'll, we'll know that some things are closer to being normal.
0: That's right, Charlie. Well, as Randy mentioned, the Nationals dealt with that COVID outbreak. We are all too familiar with that, unfortunately, here in St. Louis. And I know a chunk of the guys who are out on the IL have returned, but do you think the Nationals will get everybody back, Bell, Schwarber, and Harrison, sometime this week?
2: Well, that was the, the, the hope. Uh, listening to manager Davey Martinez yesterday, still waiting on protocols. They're hoping that everybody gets cleared. You know, every place you play, uh, the rules in each municipality are a little bit different. Then there, are, there are rules about everything handled with COVID by Major League Baseball. So um, they're really hoping so. But you know, now you, you have guys that have been out today. It'll be two weeks since their last game in West Palm Beach, and their flight to D.C. Um, they had those tests that morning before they played that game, and those are the ones that revealed the positives. And then. You know, the resulting close contacts who had to be quarantined. So, uh, you know, what, what uh, you get when they come back remains to be seen. Out of all those guys, John Lester figures if he is cleared uh, because he needs to build up a bit is probably going to go to their alternate training site in, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, to try and build up a little bit before they put him in a game. So it really is, you know, you get your guys back and then how long till they're back or at the level they were coming out of spring training. So it uh, it really has hurt the Nationals in their start and trying to feel the lineup close to what they hoped it would be. Uh, You're missing a lot of pieces.
1: And Charlie, obviously the physical toll is terrible, but you go back to last year and then the start of this year, it seems really unfair that the Nationals and Nationals fans have never really been able to celebrate the world championship, have they?
2: Not really since the parade. You know, when you think about it, uh, the shutdown in mid-March and then the, the opening with no fans in July last year, and they, they raised the flag because uh, ESPN wanted it uh, for their telecast, and then they went to commercial when they were raising the
0: flag. So oh, man. They did, it,
2: they did it again on opening day. They raised the flag with 5,000 people there. Uh, the mayor approved for the crowds to to bump up so they'll have over 10,000 when they return. From this road trip and when the Cardinals are there next week and hopefully by May a little bit more as capacities are increasing everywhere with more and more people getting vaccinated so, but you're right I mean the, the Dodgers did it with 15,000 people the other day still wasn't the same I mean you, your ceremony was more uh, of, of remote wishes on the video board and not having a, a, a true host on the field and that sort of thing so it was still a, a socially distant kind of virtual ring ceremony so I, I, you know, the, the the Dodgers got to do it on the field. The Nationals, with nobody in the stadium, had their own ceremony. But it certainly is is not what anybody would would hope for. Or what it would be. Same thing. You know, the Blues got to do their their Stanley Cup uh, celebration. The Tampa Bay Lightning really didn't. They haven't raised their banner in front of a full crowd. Right.
0: That's right. Um, Charlie, we're always interested in the local product, Max Scherzer. I know he had that great duel yesterday with Clayton Kershaw, the outcome, not what he'd hoped. But what have you seen so far this season for Max Scherzer?
2: Well, opening day might have been a little too amped up and maybe the effects of a layoff. He gave up uh, four solo home runs, just a little bit too much of the plate. Uh, and then he settled in and struck out a, a bunch, ended up with nine strikeouts and no walks in six innings. He was great yesterday. He didn't have the big strikeout numbers. He had one ball really hit hard, and that was the bad break for him because Victor Robles lost the ball in the sun on the warning track, and the ball hit the base of the fence. So certainly a ball that would have been caught, and he wouldn't have given up any runs uh, in the time he was in the game, and maybe he would have pitched deeper. We don't know. Uh, still, was a, it was a great matchup. Seems like they always face Kershaw in L.A. on a Sunday, on the third day of the series, and uh, and he'll get a lineup loaded with right-handed batters, maybe some guys who who really don't get to play all that much until those situations. But for the Nationals, the guys who probably wouldn't play all that much are batting in the middle of your batting order right now, so... That was certainly an advantage for Kershaw and the Dodgers.
1: The veteran voice of the Washington Nationals, Charlie Slows, with us on 101 ESPN. Charlie, I would think because Blues fans do this, Cardinal fans still look back to 2011, look at, at their comeback. I, I would think that Nationals fans look at this 1-5 start and say, well, you know what, we still got our same top three starting pitchers. And if we get off to a bad start, this team can go on a roll like it did in 2019
2: yeah the the one thing that Davy Martinez preached this year, and even after last year, going nineteen and thirty one again in a sixty game season was not ideal when you didn't have enough time to turn the season around but amazing that they did go nineteen and thirty one for a second year in a row and that was the one thing he really wanted to avoid this year and with the, you know the competitiveness of the division uh with the Phillies and the Braves and you know the Mets improved and the Marlins improved you You're not really wanting to do that because that might be a hole you can't climb out of this time. So hopefully uh, they can start to put some pieces back together in the next week to 10 days and uh, start to run off some wins.
0: Charlie, how fun is it to get to watch Juan Soto day in and day out?
2: Every at-bat is an adventure, (laughs) you know, with the shuffle and the little stare-downs to the pitcher and then his smiles and talking to the catcher, talking to the umpire. I mean, he just loves every bit of it. Every second of it, it takes it all in and and, uh, just makes a pitcher really have to grind to try and get him out. Uh, The other day, watching him foul a ball off his foot and hobble around and then foul off more pitches and more pitches and then rip one into the seats in right field for a two-homer game. We really didn't see him hit a ball hard the entire spring. He didn't have an extra base hit. He didn't drive in a run. Uh, He was trying to track balls to, to get deep. And so we thought, well, we'll see what happens when the bell rings, if he can start a little bit earlier. And it took him a couple of games, and now it seems like he's been locked in. So it should be fun to watch. And even more fun when they get their entire lineup around him for more protection.
1: Charlie, as a guy who has watched baseball for a long time and seen the evolution of the game into the three true three true outcome game that it is, how cool is it to see a guy that hates to strike out?
2: Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I'm waiting for the launch angle era and the era of of strikeouts and the, the all that to change. You know, but if guys. Still think they have to the left-handed hitters. Think they have to launch it in the air over the three-man shifts in the right field and the, the short right fielder. I, until guys start to hit the ball the other way enough, if there are enough people can do that, uh, maybe with the changes in the baseball. Uh, we watched the ball yesterday in the daytime, where normally it carries really well at Dodger Stadium. Not really carry very much. More like it was a night game at Dodger Stadium. So I mean, if that's the case, you, you might see. More hit and runs. You might see uh, the steel coming back in the game and guys hitting the ball the other way. Real baseball, like we watched growing up, right, yeah. that, we, that we haven't seen. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Juan Soto, a throwback in so many ways, is, is the type of player. You know, hey, the first, the first ball we saw him hit in the major leagues was an opposite field home run. Uh, that was about 430 feet to left center field, and, and you know that was an in, off a left-handed pitcher. That was an indication for us of what was to come.
1: No doubt, he's he's great to watch, and I know you always like making the trip back. It, it's a bummer that you're still doing the games from D.C. because this is a trip that you like to make.
2: Absolutely, you know it's where I started my career, is where I met my wife, uh, where she still has most of her family. Um, so yeah, certainly miss missed L.A. Gonna miss this. Hopefully, we're not gonna miss all of the trips this year. Our broadcast team is fully vaccinated. Um, hopefully, when players are all vaccinated with clubs and they, they, they reach, you know, their own herd immunity with enough people vaccinated, uh, that they'll they'll relax some of the, the protocols and allow broadcasters to travel again with teams because there's nothing like calling a game when you're there compared to you know last season. I, I had a doubleheader in Miami, last road games of the year. Kurt Suzuki's up, two strikes, two out, last inning. Here's the pitch, and the screen goes black. Oh, no. What'd you do? <laughs> oh, yes. And then, and then you have an all-nine screen, which is like a high home camera, but it's it's not clear enough that you can make out who anybody is. So when I looked over there and saw the pitcher and catcher walking towards each other, I figured that Kurt Suzuki had struck out. I didn't know if he swung or took the pitch, but I said he struck him out and the game's over. and Backtracked to figure out if he swung or... Or or took the pitch. And then just to put icing on the cake game two of that doubleheader, trainer Trey Turner leads off and he swings and hits a ball that we could tell was going toward left center field and the screen went black again. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at the all nine, the left fielder and the center fielder were angling back towards each other and they all stopped running. So I guessed it was a home, home run, run. And turned out that it was. Yeah. We need but to that, have that, you here way and, Go ahead. That's not the way we want
1: to do it. No, no. We we need to have you at, at ballparks and all the broadcasters at ballparks. Charlie, it's great to hear your voice. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Have a great series, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks, Randy. Same here. All right. Take care. That is our friend Charlie Slows, voice of the Nationals on 101 ESPN.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.